Welcome back to another episode of the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and with me to my left, as always, is the Prince of Pixels, Nick Wright. And today we're going to be talking about our 10 favorite games. Uh, we've done Nintendo, we've done Sega, and we've even done some failed consoles. Uh, but let's talk about a console that was actually very, very successful now. And of course, I'm talking about the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Right. And um, it, it's um, it's a very iconic, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Monumental. I, it, um, it, it we throw around the word milestone a lot, <laughs> yeah. I think, on this show. But it, it was. I mean, it was the beginning of an era. Um, I don't know what other way to put it. I, I mean, mean it ki- they kicked Sega out of the business. It, Honestly. I mean, you could, one could argue Sega kicked themselves out of the business. but For years and years and years, it was a Nintendo versus Sega world. And now, all of a sudden, Sony is in on the... You know, the, I don't know what the word They're is. on top of the mountain, and they have been for years now, to be honest. Um, it, it's really odd, too, because I remember reading at first about, you know, Sony was going to get into the video game business, and, you know, I, I remember just really dismissing it, because they're known for, like, the yeah. Walkman, you know, Betamax. Yeah, I did, too. Like, Sony's going to make a game system? Like, well, whatever, sure, you know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, especially since we had already had Panasonic, who would be a competitor of Sony, you know, as far as, yeah. you know, that a part of electronics business goes. Um, they, they, they had some success, but they were out pretty soon. And, yeah. Oh, uh, and like there's, you know, the 3DO was so expensive. Yeah. You know, so it, it really, that's a lot of what killed it, I think, is that it the just, price. They priced yeah. themselves out. Yeah. And Sony came in at a very reasonable price. I remember there was, a, it was a big deal when they hit the price mark. Was it two ninety nine? I honestly don't remember, but yeah. Maybe. Well, it was a lot cheaper than the Saturn. When yeah. the Saturn came out, I want to say it was 400 bucks. And when Sony held their press conference at whatever E3 that that was, I, I remember this very well. Is like they, they hit that price point. People were like, oh, damn. You know, Sony's, you know, here. And you, by then you'd already seen some images and people had played a few of the early games. Yeah. And people were like, wow, you know, this is this system might be for real. And I, since they're coming in at a hundred dollars cheaper, yeah, I and I remember playing like the demo, like at Toys R Us, and mm-hmm. you know you'd play like Toshinden and uh, Jumping Flash, and just being amazed by, like, oh wow, you know this is really cool. Well, they included that uh, legendary uh, like demo disc that had just all yeah. these games on it. Yeah, you got the disc with the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, like Nintendo wasn't out yet. I don't believe, not quite yet. Sega Saturn jumped in first, yeah. and they were floundering from the get-go, and here comes Sony, you know, and they just really were amazing right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a really interesting system, and I will say for, as a, you know, as a disclaimer, um, I didn't get a Sony PlayStation for several years into its life cycle, because I had already invested in a Nintendo 64 and a Saturn. So I really didn't feel like spending like another three hundred bucks, even though like I could acknowledge that it was better. You know, I don't. You got the Saturn right away, yep. right? And it came out early. 
it came out early. They pushed it out early. Summer 95. Because they heard about the PlayStation coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember... I, I I think we talked about this before. I got the Saturn later on. Yeah. And so I, I think I must have got the PlayStation first. I yeah. I, I feel like you got it pretty early on. Yeah. Because, you know, we I'd come over to your house and play like games like Jumping Flash uh you know or or some of the other like you know games that yeah, were early on Tekken, and Tekken. that was an early one yeah and i remember thinking like wow this looks great and uh so you must have had it really early yeah i i think i did i mean i don't know if i had it like launch but i definitely had it very early right because I, I had a lot of those first run games yep those those first run like three they, they were games. in the big box Yes, yeah, the the giant like leftover Sega boxes. Right, and we actually uh, Nick brought from his personal collection from from the fabled museum. He's got some, <laughs> you know, the actual games. Unfortunately, I didn't really keep any of my PlayStation games, so I could join in on the fun. But Nick over here is going to get to show off some of his that he's kept. And you know, who knew that you know twenty years down the road you keep them and then have this cool thing to like do and show them off. So the museum. Paying dividends, <laughs> big time. Uh, so without further ado, um, at Nick, I think it's only fitting, and I think it's your turn anyway, that you start off the uh, list with your first. Okay. Um, well, here, let me let me get into my my collection. I, I didn't come prepared. <laughs> All right, we've already kind of mentioned this one. So yeah, I let the cat out of the bag and, a little and, early. And in the big box, so. Jumping Flash. Jumping Flash, man. And I remember these boxes like really, you know, like clearly because they look so nice. You know, and they are and, nice. And this one, though, this isn't one of those leftover like Sega boxes. This is like an actual, like, if, uh, I guess, uh, Sony's design. Mm-hmm. But uh, it had like the big, big beautiful instruction manual. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know how cool this one was. I mean, it's, it's just all in black and white. But, like, check out even the side. You know, get it up. You know, you have, like, you know, the PlayStation, like, the system and the memory cards and all that stuff. Oh, God, remember the memory oh, cards? Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a, yeah, there's a spot, like, to where you can, like, stick the memory card. Well, maybe not in this one, but in the other mm-hmm. ones, I think there are. But, uh, but, yeah, but Jumping Flash, like, I fell in love with this game just from the demo disc. Mm-hmm. From you know, I played it at Toys R Us. Yeah, and uh, it was like wow, you know, because it's like you know, you've never really played a 3D game like that before. It's essentially a tech demo, um, but a really well done tech demo. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't really. It's just like a first person view, just kind of moving around in this 3D world. But um, I, I still, you know, anytime they ever like do kind of a virtual console kind of thing where you can play like PlayStation One games on the mm-hmm. PlayStation Four or whatever, this is like one of the first games I always kind of pick up. How does it hold up nowadays? I like it because okay. I, I, you know, because I have fond memories of it. Now, mm-hmm. if somebody were to pick it up that has never played it before, I'm of course, sh- I'm sure they'd probably hate it. Of course, I, I would. I, it's it probably um, is good to say that you know, beginning with the PlayStation era. Because they were really trying to like, exp- like push the limitations in the technology, um, it they're not very replayable. Because we're still in that yeah. 3D world today, you know. Where like a game like Mario Brothers, it's it's a relic, yeah. and it's really done. It's a really well done relic. 
but we're still playing in that 3D world today. So now we got PlayStation 4s and Xbox Ones. Things look so realistic yeah. and so beautiful. I think it makes the older generation, like the first consoles that were doing 3D, seem so antiquated well, and jaggy. And, yeah, and the, well, not only like the graphics, but just like the controls, like moving around is like such a chore that you know it's it's like everything's so smooth now mm -hmm. you know, it's like you turn around and it's just i, I don't even know how to also it. no dual like analog at the time yeah there no yeah it's just the d-pad that's all you had now you would get dual analog years later with ape escape yeah. at least i think that's when it came out part of me wants to say that that game came with it or they at least released, they coincided and released, yeah, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I remember, like, when I first got the analog, and, like, it was a big deal, like, this game would work with the analog, but um, the which games they, those were, I, I don't remember. And I just remember the colors being, like, really bright and, and colorful. You know, it was, it was a very pretty game. You know, and the music was fun. Yeah. And, like, the demo board was like that amusement park board and um, which arguably is probably the best board in the game yeah you know? well they they wanted to catch your attention i guess right off the bat did you ever beat the game oh yeah okay yeah yeah and there's a sequel and i beat the sequel okay and, i, I and vaguely honestly, remember jumping flash too yeah honestly the sequel is probably a better game but i think i have more fond memories of this one i find that when we do these lists of ours I a lot of I mean sometimes I'll make the sequel the better game and it'll be my you know favorite, but I I just acknowledge the original so much yeah. even though like I keep going back to Earthworm Jim for an example like everything about Earthworm Jim two was better than one, but I loved one I've it's got the more one fond I want memories of one yeah. yeah and even you know there's memories and stuff too but even when they were new I'd still prefer to play Earthworm Jim one you know yeah. it was neat to have more of that game but then you're just like I just would rather play the first one. Yeah, but yeah, Jump and Flash. Um, I think it's uh, you know a milestone for 3D world you know games for um, home consoles. Yeah, because like uh, Mario 64, it wasn't out yet. Wasn't out yet, and uh, I, you know, you could arguably say that that game is still maybe the best <laughs> yeah. of those of that genre. Um, but you know, with Jump and Flash when it came out, it kind of gave you it, it really impressed you. Yeah, um, oh, yeah absolutely. It it and it, it was it was like a prelude to things to come, uh, and it's 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 a solid game. It's a good game to get the list started. All right, let's so, hear start uh, of your list. Okay, uh, the first game on my list is, um, it it's the star of the game is almost bigger than the game itself, and there are a lot of bad years. I'm just gonna go ahead and I don't want to bury the lead. Tomb Raider. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, Lara yeah, Croft yeah. is such a uh, an icon once again, a huge icon in video games. Yeah. Um, probably still to this day the most cosplayed character. Uh, well, maybe not. Uh, you have to have a certain physique. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that when I see a Lara Croft cosplayer, it's one of my favorites for obvious reasons. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tomb Raider was a groundbreaking game. Uh, it was that 3D. Uh, but bigger, you know, everything yeah. was bigger and it had this cool, you know, it had really cool puzzles. Um, the graphics were amazing. 
Um, the controls were pretty decent. The gunplay was fun. Sense of exploration, you know, figuring out the puzzles, like you say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, uh, I love playing that game. You know, and I don't, you know, you asked me if I beat Jumping Flash. I don't think I ever beat Tomb Raider, though. I know I had. I didn't. Uh, I I want to say, like, I got stuck because the puzzles were challenging. And yeah. I, I think just one of the puzzles, you know, got me stuck and I just stopped playing. But, um, you know, Tomb Raider 2 is probably an, actually a much better game than the first one. But the first one I remember so well. Uh, remember that the first time you saw that T-Rex come out of nowhere? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I was like, my mind was blown. And this is just a few years after, like, Jurassic Park and things. So when you see that giant T-Rex coming your way, and it was so unexpected, yeah, uh, it, it had me right there. Like I, my imagination is you, you've captured the wonder of, yeah. of what was Tomb Raider. My uh, my biggest memory of playing Tomb Raider, I think, was when uh, there was a Thanksgiving that my brother was off to college and we all went to his place where he was staying for Thanksgiving that year and I brought the entire PlayStation and like a handful of my games to hook up at his place I guess just so I wouldn't be bored I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I spent time with the family (laughs) I specifically remember playing Tomb Raider and the Namco Museum at his place Thanksgiving and what did he think and, of the uh, Tomb Raider game? I, I don't know if he really ever cared. He was probably more busy into the visiting with mom and dad oh, okay. and everything. Yeah. And I was just ignoring everybody and playing video games. I don't know. As but, we uh, did. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it's just that's that's what I remember the most about Tomb Raider is actually playing it at his place when he was in college. No, oh, that's a good memory. It stands out. But, it's uh, holidays. And... And, and I also remember the first time I ever really heard of Tomb Raider was before it even came out in uh, Die Hard Game Fan magazine. Remember that magazine? Yes. That was <laughs> next to EGM. That was like my absolute favorite magazine. It. I would. I would have to say EGM was my favorite, but I'm with you. You know, it was. Head and shoulders above things like GamePro yeah, and, and the there, other magazines. There was an article in there of like you know this new game coming out in called Tomb Raider, and uh, I remember there's like a screenshot of like Laura Croft like shooting a bear or something like that, and I didn't you know I'm just like looking at this thing like you know all right <laughs> okay you know no idea it would you know be become the game that it ended up being you know. Just, mm-hmm. You never know when something's going to hit it big. It was just some game that, hey, this game's coming out. Yeah, when a new IP hits, uh, it's not like today where you have so much coverage around the clock on the internet. Uh, like every game that gets released gets its fair share of attention. So if you got a really quality game, something brand new, and especially with like, you know, the hourglass figure of, of well, you know, and, Lara and Croft. Exactly. And because I, I even remember like, it even saying like in the article that the developers behind the game got tired of you know playing these types of games where they're staring at the backside of a male character you know for that would explain all those hours. climbing up the ladder shots yeah. where you're just staring right into Lara's yeah, ass you're playing these games for hours and hours <laughs> and they're getting tired of staring at the rear end of a guy and so they decided let's make a game with a female main character and there's Laura Croft. It's funny too, because you know it. It's that's kind of a shame for girls, the gamers, yeah. because you know they finally have this uh, protagonist that they can control and and feel like you know 
uh, included. And then, yeah, because, but they, but like, you have to be Lara she's Croft. She's looked at like such a strong female lead, but the reason she was created is so that guys can just stare at her ass. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's all a bunch of horse crap. I mean, if she, she didn't have to look like that, and they've since like then slimmed her down and made yeah, her more realistic. Yeah. You know, now now she's just really tone, and yeah. she it's it's a lot better nowadays. I, I'm not saying I only play the game because of Lara's figure, but. It sure didn't hurt. (laughs) But yeah, the dual pistols and, you know, that was all, it was a lot of fun. So it it was just a running gun action, but it had brains and it it played off like if you're a fan of Indiana Jones, that kind of thing. It, it, you know, or nowadays you have, you know, Drake with those games. Yeah. Um, But before all that, you know, before you had those games, you had Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. And like I said, they really went off the rails after three. You know, they, it's like when it got around to be PlayStation 2, they, I want to say they changed developers and they just didn't know what to do with her. And they, she changed looks quite a bit yeah. and she's been in all kinds of variety, different types of games. It's like they knew they had a strong character in Lara Croft, but, um, when, and I can't, I cannot remember who's doing the, it's Crystal Dynamics, I think maybe that's doing them now or had been doing them. Yeah. Um. Shoot, I forget. Yeah, like, but it was like Edios or something. Ed- yeah, Edios yeah, yeah. for a long time. But the last couple of games that they had uh, for you know the Tomb Raider games are really good games. So it warms my heart to know that that character was it, the, was it too that the game started out with like kind of the tutorial that you were like in the mansion. Yes, and you could lock the butler like in yes. the freezer. Like how many hours <laughs> you, like waste just like screwing I don't know, around, man. Just and, and that game was giggling really cool. because you can lock him in the <laughs> the freezer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that game really kind of. I think that was like the first game that really sold me hard on a PlayStation. Yeah, like I really had to have Tomb Raider because it looked like so much fun, and I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. that's my number one is Tomb Raider. Nick, what's your number two? Uh, number two is uh, oh well, let's look in the bag. <laughs> uh, I feel like Santa Claus here. Number two. I can't find number two. Number two's coming, folks, and it's a good one. Number two. Tekken two. Tekken two. Yes. And, and but it's actually it's it's the Japanese version of Tekken 2 I don't know if you can see that but like Mm. yeah everything's in Japanese but yeah because and and really this is like completely identical to you know what the American version got I just got it months earlier than anybody else yeah well we we touched before that you were impatient and wanted to get these games early yeah and uh, I, I don't even think there's anything really in the menus that you had to like you know, be able to read or anything. You just jump in the game and just play. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because they have the combinations of the buttons in the images of, yeah, you know, here, the moves. Here's so. how you play the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man, I, I'm, I so miss the days of instruction manuals, though. I mean, because... Yeah, okay, now you get to pause the game. Yeah. And, and you get I've a, never the command list. You look up the move list of your character while you've got the game paused, but you used to be able to just have the book in front of you and then everything's listed right there. I don't want to derail your Tekken 2, but this does this this is relevant. Do you remember around this time your like 
book that you would carry with you that had all the moves of the characters in the games. Oh. They, they, my little black book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nick's little black book didn't have phone numbers in it. It had like you know fighting moves. Yeah, yeah but, one guy in high school called it the Bible. I would. I think the Bible is more appropriate. Yeah, and it, like codes. Oh and, my god. Uh, codes for like every game that I played and the move lists for fighting games. Yeah, there's a game coming up that that book came in really handy for a certain thing. And okay. uh, you know when when you would uh, when you couldn't remember you'd be like Nick Nick got your book yeah and you know like, and he's like I, I carried it around in my back pocket like everywhere I went. he's like Indiana Jones's dad you know where he's like got his little book yeah, in the, like, <laughs> like a little journal and writing in it pretty and... much but I, I remember that like uh, evolved into a Palm Pilot so you like put it all into a Palm Pilot yeah, at one point. Yeah. But, oh, that's just a great memory. And they used to, like, when we worked at Babbage's, and they would call Babbage's and ask for, like, the guy that had all the codes, or I forget. Like, because I I came into work one day, and, uh, like, our boss said, like, you got to stop that. People can't call over here. (laughs) (laughs) We're not the the 900 service. They can't call over here asking for the codes. (laughs) Okay, was that Dave? (laughs) <laughs> I can uh, see like Dave being kind was of, that his name I don't remember I think so because there was it, Mike it wasn't Mike that much I can no, no, tell you yeah, it was Dave the, was the, the manager yeah. and he yeah. and Dave was cool but uh, he was the manager and he was yeah. very strict and didn't allow for the playing around like, yeah because I mean he was like cool about it he's yeah. like yeah, you know, man, they, they, yeah right. they, they can't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome okay but anyways back to Tekken 2 the Probably the first game to really challenge Street Fighter for like fighting game supremacy. Um, well, Virtual Fighter, you know, kind of. Well, okay, that's not true. There was another big franchise yeah. that was pretty. Um, but I remember at some point Tekken Two. I think it Definitely was the, the most three D. Oh yeah, it, that, it led the revolution of the yeah, 3D yeah. games. And well, like Virtual Fighter was like there too, but Virtual Fighter never caught on like Tekken caught on. Yeah, Tekken was huge. Well, Virtual man. Fighter was slow. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it it was like so like a fluid. Excuse me. The uh, you know the motions and everything. The uh, the fighting was just so realistic and everything. It was like a fighting simulator. Mm-hmm. You know, which was made it amazing. But but Tekken was more of a fast paced kind of. I mean, it was it was very different. Yeah, and I guess that's why it won out more than anything. But I, I would I have memories of you know just going to Aladdin's castle our arcade and people just being crowded around the Tekken like Tekken 1 and then when Tekken yeah. 2 came out that game was just well, massive and, and that it was such a big deal because it had those time release characters they had like tons I mean it basically duplicate or, or well it did duplicate because so many of the secret characters were just basically a palette swap yeah but anyway except the kangaroo it, it, it <laughs> doubled doubled is what I was trying to um trying to say <clears throat> the roster doubled yeah, yeah. It, it completely doubled the roster like every week it had those time release a new character would come and so you'd get excited like oh who's the new character this week you know you'd go to like you'd see him fighting with kuma you know you see the bear like oh this is oh amazing. yeah i remember you know? the bear yeah. yeah well you you reminded me of the kangaroo <laughs> in a few episodes back but i forgot about the bear the can what it was uh Roger, Roger and Alex, was he in two or three? I don't even remember now. I thought I, it was two, but uh, I, Kuma, I know, was in two. 
but hanging out I don't remember now I'd have to look that up but yeah I mean they're great the fighting kangaroo and the fighting dinosaur and the fighting bear <laughs> just good stuff it's, it yeah. was they were gimmicky but they were they worked <clears throat> yeah because the you know they 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 moved with that you know fluidity of the regular characters like they didn't they were big but they still controlled really yeah, well yeah cuz basically kuma was jack mm-hmm. mean, yeah if you play Jack, it was pretty much the same moves. I think they sometimes they had like maybe some kind of a unique move, but for the most part, you know, it was like that base. Yeah, I have to admit, Tekken. I was resistant to Tekken. I I didn't, and I I guess it was just like that Sega fanboy in me was like holding back. Yeah, I'd invested in the Saturn. I didn't have a PlayStation, so I I really liked Virtual Fighter too. I thought it was an excellent game, and. Um, I didn't have a PlayStation, so it just didn't interest me as much. You know, and I gotta say, Tekken grew on me. Like, the first Tekken, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, during that time, I was always confusing the names of Tekken and Toshinden. I remember Toshinden. I I never really knew, like, which was which. (laughs) But Well, they came out around the same time, right? Yeah, and so there's, like, these two T names that, uh, and they're very, very different games. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember which one's Tekken, which one's Toshinden. But um, those games just like really showed what the polygons like the PlayStation could do. Yeah, well, then that's what I was gonna say is because when they came out on PlayStation, like Tekken One, Tekken Two, Tekken Three, it was basically like the arcade game in your home. You I mean usually before that time period, when a game like Mortal Kombat or whatever would Street Fighter Two, you know came out on the home system like super nintendo it was it was good there were trade-offs though it was good but it was kind of a watered down port of it you know Mm -hmm. but when you know you got the playstation and with like tekken it was the arcade game i mean it was like spot on the port it was consoles had finally caught up with arcades around this time is when consoles had caught up to arcades and it wouldn't take long for consoles to just surpass arcades. And, you know, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. But, yeah, those, like, mid to late 90s is when the arcades yeah, started Yeah, and that kind of led up to the death of the arcades mm-hmm. because now you can get just like the arcade in your home. When at least before, like with Street Fighter Two, it's like, okay, you can play it in your home, but it's better in the arcade, you know. Yeah, and it's 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 like when you remember things, like, I I love and miss arcades, but... I would rather be able to play the best in my house. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not, like, paying pumping quarters into this game. You can just buy the game and then perfect it. Because not only were you getting the experience in home, but often you were getting the better thing in home because they would give you more, you know, characters or more options or whatever that they didn't have in the arcade game to kind of entice things. So... Tekken 2 is a great game. So I think, you know, of the Tekken series, Tekken 2, I think I've got the most fond memories. I remember that the most. I, I oh, for sure, like... me too. Because uh, Tekken, when it first came out, it was just like, yeah, that looks okay. But Tekken 2 looked great. Yeah. It looked really It was cool. a big jump. I mean, and they all kind of, you know, had those um, step-ups in graphics, but... Mm-hmm. And Tekken 2, you know, you look at it now and it's very, very, very polygony, very blocky. But I really like that look, though. I, I don't, I can't explain why. I just, I just liked it. 
Um, and it's, it, you know, it probably hasn't aged too badly, too, because the controls are so good. Yeah. Uh, you could pop that in and play it, you know, and not and not be too turned off by it. Yeah. So that's a great pick, man. Tekken 2. Uh, yeah. Nice nice number two. All right, so that leads me into my number two perfectly. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and highlight uh, another fighting game. And we didn't want to, like, blow the surprise, but we, we both were, like, it was on the tips of our tongues, both of us, is Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when you were talking about the games before, and you are like, Tekken is the first yeah. thing that combat street fighter i'm like well, not really not mortal really <laughs> yeah and then when you said that i was like oh no that's mortal kombat mortal kombat was the first to really push yeah. street fighter um but by this time you know by the time of tekken 2 mortal kombat was declining and it was tekken 2 that stepped up and i think it was the king of the fighters at that time yeah um but yeah mortal kombat 3 is my favorite mortal kombat game yeah. And it's funny because it was such a dramatic departure from Mortal Kombat's 1 and 2 with that addition of the run button. The, the, well, the dial-a-combo. The dial-a-combos which are so love great. it or hate it, I mean, it, it, and with the run button, it just made that fast-paced action. And yeah. You just, you mean, memorizing those long combos. like They man. felt so good. They registered so I mean, perfectly. You, just, you remember like that feeling you get like when you finish off that Liu Kang combo where he's all like bum, 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 and then with the kicks dun, 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 dun. well I was thinking like the Sub-Zero combo that classic Sub-Zero yeah. combo I was watching you know like the new Mortal Kombat game had come out and I was like I walked up behind a guy and I'm watching play and I, I saw him like doing the di- you know the combo on the buttons and he did that great combo and I was like, what the hell did he just do? Yeah. It blew me away, man. I, I, you know, I just wasn't used to that. It was I mean, so yeah, different. Up to that time, you had like your two-in-ones. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're like your combos. Like, yeah. You, know, you do like a, like a low kick into a fireball. And then, yeah, right. There's a combo. Very slow, fun, and methodical. But, you know, you These got that run button. Bam, 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 and they would go, like running into you. <laughs> and it was so satisfying, too, because you got that really aggressive kid. You could just like hit him with an uppercut. And they go flying back. Uh, but, man, who, who knew that like we were missing that run button so bad? Yeah. Uh, it had all the gruesome fatalities and all the things that you loved about Mortal Kombat. It introduced a lot of really I'll memorable it, new characters. Albeit slightly more comical, I think, in Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> like, well, yeah. They like had... When people like, like blow up, it was like mannequins blowing up with, like, you know, because there would be, like, three sets of rib cages and, like, five arms <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't make sense um but I, I think the characters in mortal kombat 3 are my favorite like those characters like Bur- uh, not baraka was in two but um night wolf night wolf was my favorite yeah. night wolf was my absolute go-to guy um the coolest like the probably one of the trickiest but most satisfying combos was the one where it ended up with that uppercut with this tomahawk yeah, I could do it twice yeah and i could always get it up to that tomahawk but you know i got really good at it at a point uh but yeah i liked i like nighthawk uh, uh cyrex was really cool yeah uh the two robot ninjas like yeah. you know you'd had like reptile Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and they introduced lay these out new those ones. bombs, and then they'd do the net, mm-hmm. lay out the bomb. He was that kind of Dalsim character where he would want to stay back. Yeah. And real frustrating. And they'd get caught, and they'd be like, whoa, 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 and they'd bring it up to him, and yeah. he'd do the uppercut. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat 3 for PlayStation 
you would say is probably the best uh, version because it came out for like Super Nintendo and, and Sega Genesis. It did, but yeah, but absolutely, the PlayStation version was like the definitive version. It was perfect. Yeah. Uh, so you know if and I've and I've thought of Mortal Kombat in the past, and we've even done like Super Nintendo lists. Yeah, but they it didn't even come out. I don't think on the Super Nintendo and Genesis until later. Oh yeah, it was exclusive on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. it came out later. And that's why I think PlayStation wanna, you know, yeah. I, I and it's like, man, Mortal Kombat's got to get mentioned. We've thrown so much oh, love know, to Street Fighter. You know that. There it is. Oh, for you. Yeah, Mortal Kombat three, right there, son. That three. Uh, I remember when this game came out. The movie was new. Uh, the yeah, Mortal Kombat yeah. movie. Uh, so I, I really, oh man, read that song. Mortal Kombat. Dude, that that uh song was everywhere. I I was, I was like listening to some other podcast, and this one guy said, I remember being a kid, and uh, they played the Mortal Kombat song in prom. <laughs> it was so everywhere you know like bowling alleys of course yeah, i remember we would go to like laser blaze you know it's oh our, god the yeah laser tag kind of place yep the arenas and, with laser yeah, tag ours was called laser blaze yeah and uh yeah they would always play that uh that test your might and it would play on and on and on forever so uh King, yeah that, that was that was like the techno like, era everybody's names yeah mm-hmm but, you know, you were rocking out to it, dude. I remember we had the CD. We'd yeah. be, like, cruising down the street, you know? Like, you know, what Tupac might be in, but then in come with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter, and, uh, you know, and you didn't blink an eye. You're like, hell yeah, Tupac and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mortal Kombat 3 is my favorite time for Mortal Kombat. Uh, that is, again, like Tomb Raider, there's been a resurgence. Very quality Mortal Kombat games out there now. And I'm happy that they're making good Mortal Kombat games. Because for a while there, they were making bad Mortal Kombat yeah, games. Yeah, because like after that, they went into 3D. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there was 4 was kind of garbage. And yeah. they, it got better, it got better. But I really didn't care for really any of them until the reboot, which I guess was like 9. Mortal yeah. Kombat 9 was the reboot, I think. Yeah, and I guess X is now. Yeah. But, you know, they would add characters like Jason and Freddy Krueger and the alien. And, like, you know, it's really cool, like, you know, tie-ins. Yeah, they got those guest stars in mm-hmm. the new ones. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but Mortal Kombat 3, that that's, you know, uh, it's a great game. It's one of my favorite all-time games as far as fighting games go. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's my number two. Um, you got any other memories of Mortal Kombat you want to share? Um that book came in really handy. Uh, that that's where I hinted before the fatalities were so hard to remember. Um, that's when you would come in handy but, with your Bible, yeah, and and it changed. Remember when the like Mortal Kombat was a big one that would have revisions. Like it it would kind of be in like this constant kind of playtest mode where like you'd have to look at like okay which version is this one? Oh yeah, because there was one because they had the version at the title screen. There was one point they had like a revision that changed everything. That, you know, so nobody nobody knew how to do like Sub Zero's fatality anymore because they changed it. That yeah. never happened back in the day. Yeah, you know, patches are very common nowadays. Uh, you know, like something will get balanced in the game, or but very rarely would you say like a 
moves would like the the positions of the moves they, themselves they changed, changed they changed motions for a lot of the moves um like, so you had to be like holy crap my like my bible is out of date you had to go yeah. to like king james volume two or something get out the eraser. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh like oh that's not how you do it anymore some of my favorite memories of going to the arcade is like mortal kombat 3 and you and your with your your you know your moves bible yeah. uh so Anyways, that's my number two. Yeah, and we we would ask people like, "Oh, how did you do that?" And you know, like write it down. Or like, oh yeah, you know? it, it was the communal aspect of arcade. Internet, internet was in its infancy. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like American Online was like the internet. Yeah, dialogue. and there were chat rooms, but I mean, nobody used it for that. And, yeah, and, and so because I was finding some things on the internet, but most of it was word of mouth in the arcade. Jeez, can you imagine a day where you couldn't just get your answers like from your from the internet, or better yet, just on your phone? Yeah, we didn't even have a cell phone. Yeah, I had a cell phone. People but had it was, pagers. Pagers were big. <laughs> Hold on, let me look at my pager. Yeah. Run to oh, a somebody phone. sent me a long number. I gotta go. I gotta go spend twenty minutes to decrypt this thing. Because yeah, like I, I remember like our friends forever. Like you know, they'd look at the pager and then they'd run off to the payphone. <laughs> <laughs> Payphones, right? <laughs> Oh gosh, the nostalgia's hitting hard, big time. <laughs> a wave of nostalgia. So yeah, Mortal Kombat three. Mortal Kombat three. That's fun number two. Nick, what's your number three? Uh, number three, number three. Gonna go into the bag of goodies. Into the goodie bag. Oh well, and I, I, I don't want to show. I wish, I wish I still had the original. This, this is one that I, oh, yeah. I sold the original and I got the director's cut, which I'm sorry for now. But Resident Evil. Is my number three, the original Resident Evil. Uh, Resident and, Evil. And, and I, I wish I wish I had it right in in, in the big box. You know how like it, it would have been like the jumping. Flash. Those boxes are beautiful. It the the jewel cases were a very box. PlayStation Two thing. But, uh, or not PlayStation Two, PlayStation. I remember the PlayStation being like the first of the jewel cases. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil, dude. That's PlayStation. I remember. So this was when we were working at Babbage's also, and so we were able to check out games, you know, for like a day and mm-hmm. bring it back. Reshrink Rabbit uh, sold. Reshrink Rabbit, and, <laughs> it's, uh, and it's brand new. Yep. <laughs> to the customer, as far as they knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing all the games. <laughs> but yeah, so I took that home one day. I really had no idea like what this is. A new game, Resident Evil. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll try it. Whatever. Right. I came back and I literally said, "This is the best game I've ever played." Wow. That I remember saying that about Resident Evil. I was so impressed with just the. Uh, I don't know if it was like the cinematic. I, I don't know. Just uh, I, I didn't even get very far, but it was just so. Uh, you just got sucked into it. The atmosphere in that game was like Castlevania for like Super Nintendo atmosphere. Like it sucks yeah. you in, brings you into that world and immerses you. Um, and it it was the first, it was the OG survival horror game. Yes. Um, so you're on edge. You, oh. You're totally on edge. I mean, like, especially after you go down that one hallway and the very first time those dogs jump through that window. Oh, I know. Man, that happened to everybody. Or the first time you turn the corner and you see yeah. that zombie, like, munching. He's, like, hunched over that guy. Yeah, yeah, the very first zombie you wow. see. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, every move you made, every shot you took, counted. Oh, you had to yeah, make them count. Yeah, because the bullets were so scarce. 
Yep. Yeah. Remember the ribbon cartridges? If you wanted to save a game, like you only had so many yeah. saves on a ribbon cartridge. Right. You couldn't just save anywhere. You now that's the thing. Say, I'm well, glad they don't do anymore. But here. it really added something to the game too. Yeah. That very suspenseful game. I remember you were so you were such a fan of that game. You brought your PlayStation over to my house. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, right, you gotta check this game yeah. out. <laughs> was was it? To this point, I don't know. I do remember we tried it at your house, like on the Saturn, like the Saturn version of it, and it was garbage. Oh man, yeah, none of the Saturn games played as good as the PlayStation games. Yeah. It was like I liken it to the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty era. They they each had the same games, but everything just played much better on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, nowadays, PlayStation Four, Xbox One are about the same. Yeah. But you know the the Saturn it. They they realized they messed up. They didn't they didn't put all their eggs into the 3D and the polygon and the rendering basket like Sony did. Um, so they just couldn't play those games very well. And I, I remember and being excited it, when it, it came out. Grainier, mm-hmm. which is saying something because if you you know you look back at PlayStation One, Resident Evil now, and it, you think look how grainy and pixely it looks. Well, it looked worse on Saturn. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a trash. It was a trash port. Um, but yeah, to get back to what I was saying earlier, I remember you brought it to my house and just, there were like so many things about that game that like blew my mind too. Remember how like neat it was that when you would go through a door that was like it disguising the loading times. Yeah. Yeah. The Very door clever. Opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it tricked you into like not really paying attention to those loading screens. Um, now what I was going to say, was this around the time that the PlayStation started acting weird and you had to flip them over on their tops? Yeah. Yeah, yes. so I think we had to do that when we were playing it. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it probably did something like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, don't worry, I know how to fix this. <laughs> Turn it on its side, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Jerry rig thing ever of any console I've ever heard of. Is you had to flip it upside down, which is hilarious because they do that for like the PlayStation Two. They was like that started the trend of like it's an option now to like put a stand on it and stand it up on its side <laughs> oh, but yeah it was something about the the lens like that it, it wouldn't read it right yeah but if it was on its side it would read it so awesome and you know it's like the nintendo blowing on the cartridges everybody remembers having to flip over their playstation eventually yeah. not at first but eventually uh, but yeah, you brought that game over, and I just remember you showing it to me and being like, you know, like, isn't this great? It was like when I would be excited about Sonic or Bonk. It was one of those games that, you know, it was one of the first times I remember you bringing something to me and like showing me like yeah. how exciting it was. And, you know, again, I, I didn't have a PlayStation. And, you know, it, it, I don't, I wouldn't say I was jealous, but it intrigued me. It, it was one of those games where I thought, wow, I love horror movies. It's zombie horror, it's really cool. I'm for sure one of those guys that like loves a good atmospheric game. Yeah. It was right in my wheelhouse. So, you know, I, I don't think I actually got one until right when Resident Evil 2 maybe came out. Yeah. Um, but I did buy Resident Evil. I remember getting it. And it was a great game. It didn't beat it. It was, I, it was a hard game. It, it was hard. really tricky. And, well, and, you know, I don't... Because it, it's also one of those games that you get different endings depending on what you do. Nice. And... Uh, I don't remember what ending I got specifically, but I have beat it. Um, but you know, I was reminded though when you were, when we were talking about turning it on its side mm-hmm. that uh, I I neglected to mention in previous games, like because I'm talking about like I got the Japanese version of Tekken Two, what you had to go through to play Japanese games. Because remember that because uh, 
you had to do like the swap disc method. Oh, like damn, yeah. This is before like I got the mod chip that you can just pop it in and just. Oh, play. I forgot about the swap in the disc. Yeah, so you had, you had a boot disc basically. Yeah, you had to get like a boot disc, which I think um, like Castlevania was maybe like my boot disc or something. Oh yeah. And so you like you started up a game. It was well, first you got to get a spring to trick the game to think that, that it's still on I remember when you open it. when you open the top of it. Mm-hmm. And like this the spring that's in an NES was like the perfect size that it would fit like to push that little button down so it thinks that's that would you take apart an NES to get that spring out? I did. My <laughs> NES to this I day didn't know that. Like, you know like when you put the click the the, the cartridge like yeah. you, you slide the cartridge in and then and push you, it down. And push it down. Yeah. To this day my NES is kind of like lopsided. Because it's missing a spring on one side. There's, yeah. there's two springs on each side, and mine's only got one on one side because I took it out and put it in my PlayStation, The, which it probably actually is still in the PlayStation, to be honest. <laughs> that uh, it, it kind of like hooks up in the little, the little plastic bit that presses the button down when you close yeah. the lid. So it's kind of like hooked in there, and it just... The PlayStation was just a beautiful console. I love the way it looked. The we we didn't actually talk about the um, the the interesting way that PlayStation did their controller schemes either, with or I mean like the buttons like the X the triangle yeah. the square the circle the sacred symbols or whatever they yeah. call them, you know it was such a unique thing I I remember like first time like it's not an A B C or whatever you know like now you got yeah. like press square <laughs> and triangle button and yeah. yeah that's just a random thought I had and I, but I, it, it was a uniquely PlayStation thing. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil is a seminal game, and it reminds me too, like how much Capcom came over to support PlayStation. Yeah, um, that was huge, especially if you were big Nintendo fans like us. These were big days for Capcom, man. Poor, poor Capcom. What have they done? They could always come back, maybe. <laughs> I hope they do because people. It's like people have got like a bitter taste in their mouth now. If you say Capcom, anymore. it's like Konami. You know, people have bad connotations they were my absolute favorite game company in like you know the 90s late 80s 90s and and yeah me too now it's like people hate them yeah it's too bad capcom and people hate them just because they want them to go back to the way they were yeah you know and it's like frustration you know like with konami it's like give us another castlevania game and with capcom like give us a Mega Man game you know like stop pumping out these shitty Okay, not shitty collections, but, you know, it's the collections in general. Get yeah. back to what you used to be all about, and that was making these, like, breakthrough you, games. You can't make every, you know, you can't make people happy. They're going to, some people are going to say, I want a Mega Man game. Other people are going to say, what, you can't do anything original? Yeah. Oh, I know. Right, well, yeah. yeah so can't anyway. please them all. That's true. All right, so that's your number three, Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil. Okay. Uh, my number three, uh, now my list is going to, you know, like start getting into, well, yeah, I got into the game later, but my number three is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. And, and I didn't mean to make that sound like that game wasn't huge because it absolutely was a huge, huge game and a game that rates really highly on like the meta scores and stuff. You know, I never really got into it, but I remember it being a big deal. I didn't know that I was like so into skateboarding and stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it, everything I learned about skateboarding was from like Tony Hawk. And another thing too, is like, who is this Tony Hawk guy? You know, he was like such a huge celebrity. He's worth like all this, all these millions of dollars because yeah. of this Tony Hawk franchise. And I know he was like the Michael Jordan of, you know, skateboarding and that's cool. I respect that. 
But, I mean, it's skateboarding. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, but I guess the thing I really liked the most about that game was, um, the, like, the soundtracks. Like, they would always have, you know, when you started getting into PlayStation, you really started to take advantage of that extra capacity on the discs. So you'd get, like, whole songs of, you know, like, uh, Offspring and, you know, like, you know, skater punk type music. Yeah. And in uh, the combinations that you would put together... Um, like the gameplay was so satisfying, you know, they're like chaining combos and Tony Hawk two was like an art form. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, I don't guess I, I'm not such a huge fan of Tony Hawk that I can just go on and on and on about it. But I remember just being a big fan of that series. And it's another one of those series that like died just a sad death, like a whimpering death. Yeah. They're just, they're not fun anymore. Um, but yes, Tony Hawk, Two, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two was you know a game that I really enjoyed, had a good time with, appreciate like the mechanics of the game, um, and it had a nice long series. And you know, other than that, how, how many ended up coming out on the original PlayStation? Mm, I want to say there was like a three, and then they started getting into like special editions, maybe territory. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm sorry, I can't answer uh, that. Well, two, two was the last curious. one I bought myself. Yeah. Um, I played some of the other ones, like rented them. Yeah. But, you know, two, I remember just like playing it for so long. And it was a game that you could just kind of pop in and, in and out of really fast and easy, too. And I love my sports games. And Tony Hawk is, you know, it's an extreme sport. So there, there was like no story or anything. But, you know, you would just like have little missions and like little things you do, like a crazy taxi kind of thing. Oh, like yeah. go do this off over here, and then, but all along the way you're traversing the maps, and you know you're you're doing these awesome like you know like you wouldn't just go from A to B, you would just try to like do some grinding or do some ollies and just keep trying to chain your, uh, your combos, and you'd get that big air when you go up in the, the uh, like pool, yeah. you yeah. know those kinds of things. You would get some really awesome air, yeah. and that was a really cool effect and worked really well on PlayStation. Um, but you know that's that's it. Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah. Two. Excellent oh, game, cool. and it's recognized as like one of those games for PlayStation that is a classic. And I actually had it, so it qualifies. Yeah. All right, that's all I gotta say for that. What's your number four? All right, well, my number four. Um, this is a game that, uh, much like Tomb Raider, where that was kind of the start of um, you know this series, that uh, it's something that I'd never heard of. I so I happen to be at a, a local comic book shop that they also, you know, they sold like a few import things, a few import games and whatnot. And the the owner of the shop, he asked me, have you ever played Tenchu? And I'm like, what? What is that? You know, because it, it hadn't come out in the States yet. So mm-hmm. this is the Japanese version of it. He's like, here, check this game out. You might like it. And so he sits me in front of it and, and you're this ninja. And the the whole object of the game is to, to run around as silently as possible and, you know, get that stealth kill. And so you're running across rooftops and whatnot as a ninja. And, and Sounds like Assassin's Creed. Around. Assassin's Creed, yeah. <laughs> but but Assassin's Creed wasn't out. Nope. But, but yeah, so, so yeah, so he, he introduced me to this game. And I bought it, like, on the spot that day mm-hmm. that I'd never even heard of this game. He's like, here, check this out. 
And I'm like, oh, I must own this. <laughs> what and a salesman, this it, guy. Yeah, what a salesman. So, yeah, so I, I, so I bought the Japanese. And you know, I had no idea it was even coming to the States. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just this Japanese game that I thought, you know, that I just couldn't even get anything like it in the States. And then eventually it came. And I, I'm not sad that I got the Japanese. I can't version. speak for everybody, but Tenchu, to me, feels like one of those games that had a really big following for that niche or niche or whatever yeah <laughs> um niche. yeah so it, it was before assassin's creed so if you if you like the kind of thing where you kind of would take your time and plan out your attacks and, and be well you have to be patient mm-hmm yeah so you're yeah. a real ninja ninjas are supposed to be patients they're assassins you know they're not like the ninja turtles like we would yeah. go around with nunchucks and, <laughs> yeah no th this this kind of like was truly what a ninja would be yeah. like like when i was playing it I, I would get like upset like if somebody you know saw me and uh, i don't know oh, i gotta start over you know because <laughs> I, I gotta do it perfectly and no no one can see me you so, know <laughs> you know there's a game called neo right now out for playstation 4 that you might want to check out it, it kind of gives me tenchu vibes yeah yeah okay it's really quality game um, but yeah, I, I didn't have Tenchu. I knew you were a big fan of it. And Tenchu 2 in particular, I remember, was like a pretty big deal. Uh, but it was never huge. You know, it, it, it was popular, but it yeah, never was it, huge. Yeah, it would always kind of have like a new game sprinkled in here and there. Like even up to like, you know, there was one on the Xbox 360 and uh, other systems. But uh, Who made Tenchu? Oh, well, I probably can't. No, it's them. in Japanese. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. Who, uh, I don't know. Can't read it. <laughs> I'm going to look it up because that's going to bother me. You keep going. I'm just going to look that up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I love the whole stealth aspect of it. I mean, because I, I was very patient and I, I would just sit and wait for, you know, the, a guard to, you know, run, walk his, what I, I would, first I would just watch him like do it a few times. So mm -hmm. I knew like, learn his pattern. Yeah. This is his pattern and he's not going to catch me off guard. Acquire is who made it. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, learn his pattern. And so then when his back's turned and run in and, you know, slit his throat or now, whatever. Now, did this game predate Metal Gear Solid? I, you know, um, I think it did. I don't remember which came right. out first, but I think it did. I don't think Metal Gear Solid came out until like around '97. We uh, we may have to maybe '98 even. But I, I want to say yeah. Um, I think it did. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid was like a '98 release. But yeah, that was a very good stealth game as well. But just the whole idea of being a ninja just really intrigued me I, I loved it yeah if you know nick and i know nick and you guys are learning all about nick nick was really big into uh japanese culture yeah yeah uh, even like middle school um I, I don't know if it was like because of ninja turtles or what but yeah i don't I know always, but you were always really big i always into, loved that yeah you would have uh what were those things called you'd have the balls and you'd have like the uh, oh, scrolls like the, and the stuff the little medicine balls that yeah you just kind of rotate in your hand maybe it's just very relaxing and yeah. zen like yeah um, but there was a period, you know, even, even like when you were building like Wu-Tang Wu and stuff like that, you were just like really big into yeah. the, that kind of stuff. Um, I had like a Japanese English dictionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you probably would learn, you probably learned to write some Japanese. I did a, a little bit. I mean, you know, just like certain characters, but yeah, but you know, but my point is it, 
I I think of it was around that time frame was when you were really big into that culture and, and appreciated the the styles and you know the, the some of the things that were very Japanese and Tenchu kind of was it it filled that gap that I needed for video games yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah and I think it was Tenchu two that then you could. Uh, like, because when you killed somebody, you left a body there that somebody could see and be alerted. And the first game didn't allow you to, like, drag the body oh, someplace Oh, so that started that whole trip. Yeah, I think it was 2 that started that. So then you can, like, pick up the body and, like, throw him yeah, over. Yeah, 2 is the one I remember the most. Like, dump I, him. That, that was a pretty big, successful game, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about any of the ones that followed that. And I don't really remember seeing the first Tenchu game. But Tenchu 2, I remember seeing a lot, like, on the shelves. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Tenchu two, uh, Tenchu. That's the Tenchu series. But yeah, I don't. I never. I didn't play two that much though. I mean, because it did refine things so much. But I don't even think I bought it. I think maybe I like I rented it like from Blockbuster before. Mm-hmm. Played it a little bit, but I, I don't know why I didn't buy it. But loved the first game. I I did buy whatever it was called on the. Uh, Xbox 360, and I like that version. But cool. Anyway, yeah, Tenchu. Well, it's just like we were just saying. You, you recall that first encounter with the game. Like, your first experience is the most memorable. Yeah. And it's the one you played the most. And it, maybe there just weren't any other big games yeah, around uh, at the time. Others refined and were better, but the first one is the one that is uh, dearest to my heart. Yeah, and if, you know, when we start doing, like, some definitive lists, you know, we may have to try not do that so much. We yeah. may have to try and recognize the merits of the actual sequels. More yeah, right, than, right, right. But this, these are our favorite games, so screw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tenchu, that's mm-hmm. that's your number four. Ready for my number four? Number four. You're not going to have a whole lot to say about this one either. No, it must be, <laughs> must be sports-related. Yeah, it's something sports-related. Uh, NBA Live 98. Ah, yes. I remember <laughs> the title. <laughs> remember the title. It had Tim Hardaway on the cover. <laughs> but uh, th- this is like for you, Pat, if you're listening. Man, we had some epic, epic NBA Live 98 battles, dude. I mean, we we treated that like we were the coaches of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we would set the, uh, the quarters at full length. We would, you know, we were managing our benches. You know, it wasn't just like a run and gun. It was like the first time I really took like my bench and fatigue of the players into, into account and uh, just really utilized the whole team. And it felt like the NBA of the 90s, man. Uh, we had our go-to teams. Uh, Pat was always like the Utah Jazz, if I remember correctly. And I was always like the Indiana Pacers because Reggie Miller was my boy. And we had some epic, epic games. And we we played that game a lot at his place. We played it a lot at my place. We even like took the PlayStation over to uh, Kirstie's house one time. We were like watching their house. Like we were like so jonesing for NBA Live '98. It's like, hey man, you want to bring over the PlayStation to play some NBA Live '98? Hell's yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, but it was that like Mario Golf level of um, you know obsession yeah. was with that game. And, uh, you know, I'm sad. I'm sorry I'm picking a game that, you know, we can't both reflect on all that much. Um, But I have to, have to, have to put it on my list of top five because 
Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. It was the game I played the most on my PlayStation. And as you guys might notice, I mean, you know, I played a lot of sports games. It was usually my favorite. Um, I said before, the Sega Genesis was like my Sonic Madden machine. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of good games that I played, and I enjoyed them all the same. Um, but same for PlayStation. They had really good sports titles. It, it felt really good to play a sports game on the PlayStation. So, you know, NBA Live 98. Uh, it, it on other systems might be a shout-out. But on this list, it's going to be in my top five. <laughs> Very cool. So that's that's my number four, NBA Live 98. Loved it. Still love it. Well, I still don't love it, but, you know, the NBA 2K games are so much better nowadays. Um, EA Sports, they, they were just the kings of sports games for such a long time. You got some choices nowadays. Um, and when we get into our shout-outs, I'll mention it some more, but... Uh, you know, what else can I say about it? it's it's a sports game, NBA Live. It was the best of the best for its day, and I played it, like, just burned up my PlayStation playing that thing. Hmm. So, what's your... Oh, it's time for shout-outs, am I right? Usually after oh, we yeah, do the four. You, you usually do it before we end the list, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're, so we finished our number fours, so, okay. Um, go ahead, you start with a shout-out. <clears throat> um, okay, well, since I was just talking about NBA Live 98... Uh, game day, the football series uh, that Sony, uh, that, that was like their game. You know, EA was Madden, and Madden's kind of a weird thing because um, they didn't translate to the 3D very well. Uh, they, they just weren't really good games. Is that right? Yeah, but so Sony, it's their machine, so they actually had a good handle of the 3D. So, you know, for a number of years, their game day games were like the game to get. And it really took EA a long time to get their shit together. But, you know, Game Day was, they were a lot of fun games. I have fond memories of playing those games. Um, Gran Turismo, I feel like, oh, deserves yeah. a shout out. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Bam. Yeah. It was the king of sports racing simulation games. Um, you know, Gran Turismo, they Came were. Came in a fat, fat. Uh... Yeah, it's like two, two, uh, two discs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you open it up, you got... Oh, it's missing out of there. <laughs> Check out this manual, dude. It's pretty thick. Yeah, and I think... Um, I think that's why it was so fat, was because the manual was so fat. Because it was only one disc, wasn't it? Maybe. It. Yeah, you know, you might be right. Look at... Let me look at this oh, thing. Yeah, it even says, like, right on the front, that one disc. It came in this really fat thing... But it was just one disc, but it was the book that was just so much information, and you don't even get that sort of thing anymore. Gran Turismo was, like, famous for sweating the little things in ways that, like, a Madden game would sweat the little things in a football simulation. Um, it's, it's like the Forza of today. Yeah. You know, Gran Turismo games are still kind of big, I guess, during this, if, if Sony's your place to enter. If Sony's your console of choice, they're still big. Um, but yeah, Gran Turismo and even Gran Turismo 2 is even bigger. Um, those are great games and they deserve a shout out. Yeah, I mean, the, I just remember that they it was just like so realistic looking, which, you know, it's you look at the <laughs> the screenshots now and it's like yeah. so pixely looking. But yeah. Yeah, at the time, I just, I remember it, it was like, it was like, oh, the reflections, like, on yeah. the windshields and that, Yeah, that became like, a thing. Looks yeah, so great. Yeah, the models for the cars were really great. And, you know, it was like a 20-year-old yeah, game, so... 
I you know I didn't really get into racing games much, but the uh, you did the, enough to buy it. Yeah, I heard about that game and I was yeah. like, well, I gotta check this out. And it was you know I I was super impressed by it, but yeah, I didn't really play it a whole lot though. It was really unforgiving, and I think that kind of was the it was a little too realistic for me. Yeah, I, I like some of the other rate like. I don't know if I'm not gonna say that Cruising World like that kind of game was better, but the arcade style racer. I'll tell you a game that I thought was more fun was like the Rush series. Yeah, those games were a lot of fun. I, I preferred the more arcadey style racing yeah. games. That was just me. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Um, Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah, Crash. <laughs> you know, which, yeah, I never got into Crash. Me Crash or Spyro. You know, they they're like huge PlayStation titles, but I didn't really ever play them. It was. Fairly, it was probably the game that got PlayStation on the map, if we're being fair. Yeah. I mean, I remember what a huge deal Crash was. And, you know, because he played into the mascot thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Sony's, you know, everybody had a mascot in the 90s. Sony's was Crash Bandicoot. But, you know, I didn't like the top down, like the way he would like go from like, like it would go up or down. It was like on rails Kind of. Kind of. It, it didn't reward exploration or anything like that. Yeah. And if Kid had a string of really successful sequels, and even a racing kart game, which I actually like better than Crash Bandicoot. Um, and it's back now. They got that insane trilogy where they remastered all those classic cla- uh, Crash games. Right. But, I mean, I feel bad for leaving Crash out because he was such a big deal. Um, Shout-outs for you, sir. Well, I mean, you got a Metal Gear Solid. I mean, that started a whole trend you know you know i'm actually shocked you didn't pick metal gear solid well it's just it's i never really super got into it like i never beat this i mean i played this a lot but i never really i never beat it especially with the tenchu element where you like had to be real stealthy and and i like sneaking around but I just didn't get into it as much as Tenchu. I, I can't explain why. I don't know. But obviously, it's a super popular series that oh, yeah. people love. A lot um, of people's number one game overall, all time. Not even yeah. just PlayStation. So yeah. So you got to mention it. Uh, I got to mention uh, Mega Man Legends. Yeah. Uh, that's another one that people, that the fans love it. Um, Mega Man is an RPG. I mean, mm. that's all that you can really say about that. And it, it was yeah, fun. those were hugely popular. Oh, I remember working at Babbage's, but, and that uh, game being really popular. We got a we got a shout out Final Fantasy VII, I guess. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you love how we're glossing over these like <laughs> classics, these all time classics? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess uh, yeah. People, <laughs> there'd be riots in the streets. Man, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. Right. Final Fantasy VII was like the, the that was the game I remember just like flying out the shelves more than any game. Yes. Um, you know how like at Babbage's you would get those little tickets. You know, you you pre order a game, you get your little ticket. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember when I was working that day when it came out. Behind us on the shelf were just, it was this wall of Final Fantasy 7s. Yeah. You know, where people were just all day long coming in to exchange their ticket for Final Fantasy 7. Um, and I I played it a little bit here and there on old, like, you know how they'll I just didn't really get it. into RPGs. Me neither. Me neither. Other than, like, the Stick of Truth. 
<laughs> I, I, I like my South Park RPGs. I played the Super Mario RPG, and yeah. there's there's a small handful of RPGs that I've gotten into. But anyway, and the PlayStation was known for the you know West uh, the Japanese RPGs, yeah. the JRPGs. If you were into those games, the PlayStation was the system. Yeah, you know it used to be like Super Nintendo. You get all those great RPGs on Super Nintendo. Um, but then the PlayStation kind of picked up that mantle, and there were just game after game after game. It seemed like every week there'd be in the magazines like a nine for an RPG that was yeah. coming out. So I I just couldn't get into them. I guess for the same reasons I never could get into games like Metal Gear Solid. It rewards stealth and patience, and I hated that. Yeah, right. I just wanted to run and gun. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, and I know I'm not alone in that. So, you know, sorry they weren't in our top ten, but... Yeah. We acknowledge you guys. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about Final Fantasy <laughs> Well, I was sitting here and I'm looking at our list of shout-outs and I'm like, where the hell is Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> I gotta say that. Uh, our, and the PlayStation had a huge library of games. Right. It was yeah. out for so long. So sorry if we glazed over your favorite game that's not on the list. Uh, but go ahead and number five is a game that a lot of you will agree with, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Number five that I did not forget about and uh, so where is it? Is uh, yeah, obviously, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And Man. I kind of I mentioned it before when I was talking about the boot swapping thing that I used Castlevania as my <laughs> You loved it that much, it had to be around at all times. Yeah. What a but, game, uh, man. Yeah, oh man, this, this is just, oh, it's got a coming soon, Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, oh man, the uh, the soundtrack. still a fun game. Oh, still a fun game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. remember when it came out on uh, like the Xbox Live Arcade, mm. and I played through and got a hundred percent on it again. Yeah, you know that's when I played it. Yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah. the Xbox Live Arcade, because I believe it came out around maybe around before the time that I actually got it at the PlayStation. But I remember you telling me about it. I think we were like scavenging yeah, through like I'm one like, of those. Well, you gotta play <laughs> this game. This is like best game of all. Yeah, time. and you know I like Castlevania games, and there, there were like some good Castlevania games that were coming out like on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, you know, I think this is actually the first Castlevania game I owned. Really? And uh, yeah, I think so. And, and I think because of getting this, I went back and started checking out it, it, at least more. Um, seriously going back and checking out the older Castlevania games because you know I had played them before yeah but like I seriously like revisited them like Castlevania 3 was my favorite of the NES Castlevania yeah. games I know like Simon Quest was fun the original Castlevania game props to always to the original yeah but uh the Super Nintendo one's probably like the one that I think of the most but man the just <laughs> the the soundtrack to this was just so amazing Yes, because they were on CDs, right? I yeah. Mean, you know, they could sound amazing. And the story was really cool. Animation was yeah. nice and fluid. Yep. Uh, and it, it kind of like, is it really like the first technical, like, cast, like Metroidvania style game? Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's where the, really, the term came from, I yeah. think, is like. Castlevania Symphony of, of the Night, I think. Yeah. So if you're really big into those types of games, you got this game to think because it really was the first real popular game that did that. I think. Yeah. You know, it, and the Castlevania games were like real, and, and you could explore freely, and mm-hmm. that's the whole point of a Castlevania or a Metroidvania game. 
is being able to explore wherever you wanted to go. You just get to a point you're just not you're not supposed to go there yet because you don't have what you need. Yeah, cool. it'd be like a, a locked door or something. It's yeah. like, well, I'll come back here later. I know, you know, now you're just trained to know, well, I'm, that's that's I, that cool. I know I'm going to have to get something down the road for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is just a beautiful game. Uh, not only in graphics, but in, like you said, the soundtrack is awesome. Mm-hmm. I could listen to that soundtrack in a car, man. Oh, I, I used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that that's one that uh, a lot of times, you know, there's certain music I listen to, like, while I'm, like, working on the computer or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, tracks from that would be stuff that I would be listening to. And, uh... I wouldn't think anything of it. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would. That's one of those, mm-hmm. you hear the music from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, you recognize it. Is that Symphony of the Night? <laughs> but uh, I, I really love that game. It's a great game. Makes it, it makes me yearn for it's Castlevania got, like, games. Those memorable quotes, like when uh, you know that we're in the very beginning of the game where you meet up with uh, Dracula. Yep. And he's you know that's a cool that, way to start the got game. That speech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a cool way to start the game, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, how did the speech go? Well, I don't remember the whole okay. speech, but there's something about. Uh, what, what is, is a man, man? With a, miserable <laughs> a miserable little pile of secrets? Pile of secrets. <laughs> the like voice it. acting. And, and like, he's like holding like a glass of wine or something and throws it down. <laughs> well, PlayStation 2 is like the beginnings of like voice acting, I think. Yeah. You know, if if we're, if we're going to give PlayStation, if this is a tribute to PlayStation, then the voice acting, especially Resident Evil. Now, that was infamous for being bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you, Jill, the master of unlocking the lockpick. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, Symphony of the Night was like done everything to its highest degree. Uh, just a quality game. I, what can you say about Symphony of the Night that everyone doesn't already know? Yeah. Uh, it's an obvious uh, choice. It's, it's like the number one, I think, on so many lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah. Again, like I say, it makes me wish they would come out with some new games. Yeah, and there was a run of where they were there were there was like a Castlevania game almost every year, and then yeah, they just stopped. Like, um, that, this was like around I think the Game Boy Advance era, and so yep. you'd get a few of them on Game Boy yeah, Advance. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. There were some really good games, uh, you know, and they spread them around too. Like there was a decent one on the Sega Genesis, I think, which of course was before this one, but. Um, uh, Bloodlines, I think, was the Genesis one, or I don't, I don't know. Bloodlines, yeah. yeah. And was it the N sixty four version of Castlevania that bankrupted them or something? Because that was a big pile of crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, the the three D one. Yeah, the three D one. Yeah, yeah. This this was like, and that's another thing. This game here is kind of responsible for like re like okay, we have all these beautiful three D graphics, but let's do a two D game really yeah. well. And it was a welcome, welcoming back of those types of games um, that was you didn't see for a couple of years. Yeah. So thank you for like bringing back the 2D games, done just perfectly well. It, it made you yearn for the old like Super Nintendo type games. Yeah. All right, so uh, my turn to go number five. No, number five. Number five for me is a game that blew me away. Um, it I just couldn't believe how fun it was. Uh, Driver. <laughs> You yeah. be the wheel man. That game was so amazing. Um, it was it put you in the the world of San like the city of San Francisco, made it feel so realistic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure we'll get into another series down the road, but 
it was a prelude. There were many preludes we talk about to games down the road, but it kind of gave you an idea of what a Grand Theft Auto game could feel like. Yeah. Completely open. You know, um, there were cops looking for you. Like, it, it just, you felt like you were the driver of, like, a getaway car. Um, the the scenes where, you know, like the, the scenarios where the cops are chasing you, they felt so realistic. In a way that, like, you know, your mouth would drop when you saw, like, Resident Evil. My yeah. mouth dropped for driver. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, it, it and the, like I say, the muscle cars, like, the sound of the cars were so satisfying. And since you were in San Francisco, you had those really excellent jumps going down those, like, famous streets of San Francisco. Uh, down on the docks, you know, like, I remember the, the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, like, reminds me of that game, Driver, where there's scenes where he's, like, going around the dock, you know, like, evading the cops, and it makes me want to go play Driver. Right. <laughs> and there was a Driver 2, and it was actually better, but the Driver 1 was the game that I remember the most fondly, because uh, that, I think that's when I fell in love with my PlayStation. Yeah. I really liked the PlayStation a lot after that. Um, just because it's like, man, the PlayStation is, is dope. <laughs> to do games like this, it, it's a game that you couldn't have seen in an arcade. Yeah. Um, because it was so open and so big. But it had like all the feel of like a game you would play in an arcade. It was like Crazy Taxi, but with, you know, more of a story. Right. And, and no time limit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you would get to know the streets like you do like a nowadays in, in Grand Theft Auto. You get to know the streets and the fastest paths to get to places. Um, if you were wanted, you know, like it would be night and you're creeping up. Like you may not run a red light because a cop might see you and then, you know, the, the heat's already on you. So you're doing the speed limit. You're right, stopping right. at reds. Like, you know, for a run and gun kind of guy who wants to just go fast, it made me kind of, it was like my stealth mode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you would you would be really careful not to break any traffic laws. Not, you know, not do donuts or like skidding, like, you know, Tokyo Drift style around corners, mm -hmm. crashing into people. No, it was like you had, you were the wheel man. Uh, for those of you who've seen movies like Baby Driver, you know, where if you can appreciate that kind of a movie, it's like what it was like to play Driver. You were, you know, you were the getaway guy. So it was awesome. I loved it. Um, it, it, so now Driver 3 I think was when it started going off the wheels a little bit mm. that was a game that people were really disappointed I think that came out on like Playstation 2 the two really good ones were on the Playstation so uh, Driver is my all time favorite Playstation game that's cool I never would have guessed that yeah really yeah, yeah. I, I guess um, there was a period when I kind of got out of video games a little bit and I don't know if it was because of the disappointment of the Saturn or what but <laughs> um you know, getting a PlayStation was kind of my reentry point back in. Like that and the Dreamcast yeah. got me back into video games, and I haven't gotten out of them after that. It's kind of like reminds me of when people talk about like being into comics big time, mm -hmm. and then you kind of get out of it for whatever reason, and then you get back into it when you get a little bit older, and you're like, "This is me. This is for me. I'll f yeah. I will forever love video games." Yeah, it's you know I, why even pretend like I'm not gonna love video games for all time. <laughs> So that's my last game. Wow, Nick, that uh, we went quite a long time on PlayStation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Longer than I imagined, uh, especially for a guy like me who, you know, didn't have a lot of the big games. But I, I know you were a big fan of PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, so many games. And I'm a huge fan of PlayStation now. Like, PlayStation 2, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing our list for that. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I got the shirt. <laughs> Respect PlayStation. Uh, if, if you guys have any games that you'd like to mention in the comments that we didn't list, uh, like I said, there was a vast library of games. I'm sure I were th- just like how we almost missed Final yeah. Fantasy VII. But uh, you know, we remembered at the end. We remember what at the you end. Remembered, we didn't. saved the best for last. I planned it that way all along. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick may put up some pictures on our Facebook page, uh, where you can go to the Facebook, Absolutely. the Bit Geeks, um, for sure. Check that out. Uh, forget Instagram; it's dead. <laughs> we we haven't used that account in forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Facebook page is our home. Um, anything else you want to say about PlayStation before we wrap it up? Uh, I'm good. Okay, well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Big Geek Podcast. I've been your host, Ron Avis. I'm Nick Wright. We'll see you next time.